Hello and welcome back to the Comic Literate Podcast, the podcast that does deep dives into the best of comic books, graphic novels, mangas, and penny dreadfuls. I'm your host, the soon-to-be-known-as-comic-stan, and with me, as always, is my vivacious co-host, it's Jamie. The wrong day to call me vivacious. I mean, this one's been in the, this one's been in the chamber for a while, <laughs> and it's just come about. It's like, I'm just going to get this one out of the way and done with. Yeah, yeah, squeeze that easy one out. Do you not feel vivacious at times? No. What, never? I mean, sometimes. I asked that as someone who had to look up the meaning of it. I was like, I've got a rough idea of what it means. And I went and went, attractively lively and animated. And I went, well, you are lively and animated. It's not attractive. No, that's the joke. But (laughs) if I was gay, I would. Should we put it that way? But you are gay. (laughs) I I like to think that I transcend labels. (laughs) <laughs> you transcend you, something you could not pin me down oh so, i could i think that would be half of the fun of it i mean right that, <laughs> that we're keeping for the paywall content obviously <laughs> not giving that away for free on youtube call me daddy that's already a podcast apparently a good one i've not listened to it but apparently it's a good one yeah yeah well and speaking of podcasts, we are here back to recording a podcast, but this is slightly different scenario in that technically we are recording this intro from the future. Uh, this episode is about the Amazing Spider-Man new series, the newish series that started in 2022, and just going to cover the first five issues of that run, yeah. uh, written by Zeb Wells and art by John Romita Jr., uh we are well we recorded the original podcast so we're redoing the intro and jamie i'll leave it to you if you want to say how how and why we're re-recording the intro because um it wasn't very good and i had some spicy opinions that i've not changed but certainly tempered and so we thought we'd re-record it that's fair so the you'll notice a shift and i think we'll at least kind of put in a this is where the pre-recorded stuff We'll start because the that part is basically going to be about the the writing and the story of the yeah. first five issues of this run. And here we're just going to go over the art a little bit, just because that's what we're redoing. Um, I'll get into the the specifics and nitty gritty, but basically the art I think was I was largely indifferent to the art. Yeah, and the reason for that, as we got into originally, and we're just going over again a little bit today, is. For me, I found the first five issues of this Spider-Man run a bit of a breath of fresh air as a running Spider-Man fan of the Spider-Man comics. I'd actually dropped out of the comics because for me, they haven't been as good as... I think the last time for me they were good was Superior Spider-Man. When, yeah. um, that was quite a few years ago now, but Doc Ock took over Spider-Man's body and that was a bit of a... That was a bit of a fuck you to Peter Parker, <laughs> but it then worked out in the end and it's a good run and I recommend it if anyone's looking for any good Spider-Man comics um this one i felt it returned to the roots a bit where spider-man was a bit more of a street superhero again and i thought the 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 story was interesting and i say you'll hear that later i thought the quips were good which we'll get into later as well but i was largely indifferent to the art it was just it was passable for me and i think as we've kind of figured is if i like a story i kind of don't pay as much attention to the art yeah uh whereas you had some different opinions yeah i didn't like it unfortunately Mm. so the art was well it wasn't fine i had a lot of issues with it um i think the the thing that we really came around to is that john romita jr was quite good at drawing spider-man superhero shenanigans action shots shall we say yeah his anatomy was good um his sense of movement was good 
I mean, unfortunately for him, and I think probably everybody else who's ever drawn Spider-Man, nowhere near as good as his late father, whose Spider-Man work is fucking phenomenal, Ryan. Mm. And if you um, haven't listened to it, last week's episode was a remembrance and celebration of John Romita Sr.'s work. So if you want to get into that, that's last week's episode. I think my main issue with it was the faces. And to be fair, you did show me some faces, and it was genuinely like, a, oh, I didn't notice that, but now you've pointed it out, I can't stop seeing it now that there was just kind of proportional problems and just some some of the emotions weren't as into i'm putting it in the very corporate light speak i'm going to reuse one expression i used which is one of the spicier ones but not the spiciest sure which is that some of the faces kind of had the blank expression of a fuck doll and to be fair as soon as you pointed out to me (laughs) i did see it and i couldn't stop seeing it so yeah, we've just as I said recorded that part again, and then after this, it's going to go into the rest of the episode, which again focuses more in depth on the story, writing characters, and such. Um, the one thing that I will just just to make the listener aware of is that I'm quite low energy today. I've had a very long day. What you're about to experience is a very angry Jamie. Yes. <laughs> but you do come around a bit more. I mean, spoiler for the rest of the episode, but you do come around a bit, I think, on some of the smaller points. Like like I said, the quips, you realize, like, yeah, they were actually quite good and little things like that. I mean, the listener will hear them as they continue on this episode. But I think you were a bit, you came around a bit more on a bit of the story. But that was in relation to other superhero and other Spider-Man, specifically comics. Whereas, as we've established, kind of the theme of the podcast is you are comparing these comics to like great literature, <laughs> which I think is a good bar to look at because yeah. when we do comics and we're doing one very soon as well that I think we're both very positive on, yeah, I think it's a good bar to compare to because when they do hit that bar, it's we can celebrate the comic like, hey, the comic medium is a good storytelling. When and I've been thinking about this a lot. When comic book writing is as good as what you get in a good novel a double threat because you have this beautiful artwork that's serving the story and an amazing story and great dialogue and the dialogue has all this room to breathe because you're not getting all the expositional stuff because you're seeing that on the page and i think it makes me sad because there's so much great stuff out there but the market's so saturated with superhero shenanigans yeah and that and that and that really was my takeaway but ultimately we decided to re-record it in light of recent events because i was really fucking mean And I was mean in a way that I felt was justified because this is a product that people buy and it was bad. Um, But also, I didn't really feel that it was kind or conscientious for us to put out a rant of that magnitude. At some point, once the dust has settled, we will give it to you behind a paywall and you can hear me go off on one. I mean, put it this way as well, there are going to be future... Like mod, <laughs> this is the modern run of this superhero, <laughs> and you're probably going to have some similar critiques. Yeah, this isn't the last time you're going to hear me go off on one about something. So, yeah, just enjoy the episode. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. Exactly. And now we cut back to the past. I don't know if I left in the future part or not, but, <laughs> but it's close. Enough. We can cut it together. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine on a night. This, anyway, is, this is a cutting room floor experience. This it, is like the last season, the last episode of Neangelitis Evangelicon. Yes, that. I do know roughly what you mean. Yeah. But, like, not enough to be like, to, to provide my own intake on that. They're all nerds. They'll get it. Exactly. So, yes, <laughs> it, enjoy the rest of the episode and 
We'll see you now and again next week. So thank you. I found the Sora story to be a bit generic. Okay. See, that's interesting because I made specific notes about things I found about it that weren't as generic for superhero comics. And that was part of the reason why I thought it'd be interesting to talk about A it. bunch of the story beats were the same as the Miles Morales comic. Well, so one of the big notes. So we're getting straight into it. We're going. We're covering the all five issues just yeah, straight yeah, from the start. No, no non-spoiler. Um, you know our recommendations at this point, so <laughs> no need to get into those. Yeah, don't um, bother. But one of the main points I thought, which is interesting, which I kind of have while reading this was of this five-issue story arc. It didn't culminate in a big bad final fight with with the bad guy. It culminated in. It, the the issue before the last one, Spider-Man getting tricked in what I thought was genuinely like a clever trick by in this kind of seizing um, territory New York yeah, mob yeah, system. Yeah. And then the last part, there wasn't actually a big fight. It was Spider-Man tricking the character Tombstone back and like getting them even. Did and you I, not 100% see that coming though? It's Well, it's it wasn't to be seen coming until it happened at the end, I thought. What, do you, would you mean the him Spider-Man being tricked or yeah. Spider-Man doing it back? No, Spider-Man so being tricked. I didn't see it initially. Uh when I reread it now, I noticed the um the bit with the F train. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't notice that initially. 100% they told you what was happening. Well, I'd say they signposted it and then it happened. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you if yeah, if you've if you've like been but to the, New York but, and got on a train in New York, you would know you I mean, know, most you? yeah, but most people in the world haven't. So it's not what we you both kn- have. <laughs> yeah, I did, mine, was, mine was over a decade ago. So yeah. I, I remember like where the F train goes to Harlem or not. Yeah, but it was more the point of like the the when you when I first saw it initially, I thought it was showing how ruthless Tombstone is with his with his goons, and then rereading, going, oh yeah, that was like the signposting of them not being in Harlem, like he said he was. Yeah. But I still thought, but regardless of it being signposted or saw it coming or not, I still thought it was interesting and more interesting than the usual like. I'm going to get you and I'm going to find the people that you love and hurt them. And uh, Admittedly, it was the only story beat that I found interesting. Yeah. But... And I looked at it and went, oh, okay, that's all right. And, you know, um, yeah, no, that was that was good. And then Spider-Man tricking Tombstone back using the same thing. Yeah. So the way that Tombstone obviously got away with using Spider-Man is when people are like, oh, it's awfully convenient that Spider-Man... Um, took out your enemies for you and he goes i would never work with spider-man because you you know it, we know that none of us would because that's the worst thing you could possibly do and then later spider-man's like hey i uh sent um yeah what's his name the green guy after one of your areas um do you want to inter do you want to interject because uh then people might think we were working together and using the exact same thing back so i thought in terms of we all know we know the generic superhero story arc of bad guy trouble happens big boss fight resolved and then like maybe a signpost of a bigger bad behind the original one or you know those kind of things and i thought this was interesting where it was like more of a intelligent more intelligent than the typical um like tricking rather than a big fight at the end so just on that base i thought it was different. yeah i mean i don't know that that's interesting enough for me to recommend it as a piece of storytelling though i suppose i like obviously i'm comparing it explicitly to other to your usual superhero comic but yeah i said i'm just comparing it to the stereotypical again marvel dc superhero comic it just felt like superhero shenanigans Mm. like 
you know, him being chained up in that basement for a bit was exactly what happened to Miles Morales in the last Spider-Man comic we read. Um, yeah, no, it just felt like superhero shenanigans. I mean, we Same are reading op- a superhero comic, so... Yeah, I know. And I, ugh, Yeah, no, it... Unfortunately, uh, the story fell completely flat for me. Yeah, we are going to keep coming back to... And we're not going to do any superhero stuff for a while until whatever the next big comic... Big movie tie-in is. But um, we're not going to do any super stuff for a while for for having done it for two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, but we are going to keep going back to the point of me being into the genre. I'll see the better and worse ones. And if you're not into the genre, they just seem much more of all the same to someone who's not into them. Yeah. And 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 I and I see I do see that nuance of Peter Potter trip, but I I don't think that little nuance is enough for me to be able to recommend it as a piece of storytelling. Mm. It's they're all just so bland and that's the thing the story was bland unfortunately Mm. there's no there's no there's none of that rich character development that i want that engages me in a story Mm. um peter's a bit down on his luck he's looking for a job everybody's worried about peter yeah that's the subtext of this story there's not even particularly anything interesting happening in the subtext of the story you weren't interested in the mysterious thing that happened beforehand that keeps getting referenced well no because i just assumed that was some bollocks that happened in whatever came before this so yeah so again like as we as i always say like i i always want to get your perspective someone who doesn't know that what's happening um i interpreted that even though i hadn't read the thing that happened right before yeah i still interpreted that this was a a thing that happened before was not something anyone had seen before right so it was a a mysterious thing had happened previously and that's what's causing the repercussions now yeah um the only reason i know that and i think that's again this part of someone who reads it more if it was something that happened in a previous comic I know there would be a reference and you know that some of the panels had like a little bit at the bottom yeah, where it said, check oh, out, this happened check in, out yeah. issue number 23 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only, it has, the only thing it has for that is it has a bit in the corner that says something like, um, it, it's one of those that says, we, we don't know what this is. So, right, and that okay. is a little bit of a breaking the convention in itself because normally those are strictly used as like, check this out back in issue 127 or whatever. So, yeah. so I know there's a mystery here that they haven't shown yet. So for me, that was a little bit of intrigue, but again, not quite being like, oh my God, this is breaking new ground or anything. Like I was like, this is yeah. some, this is a little something for me to see where it goes. And again, I suppose it comes back to the fact that these are inky comic books for children. Yeah. And this is that, <laughs> this is exactly that type of one that would come out, um, like a newspaper stand, yeah. a, a, a monthly, or in this case, uh, bi-monthly twice a month right, every every two weeks yes yeah fortnightly the the us of uh, the uk people might say absolutely um yeah coming out fortnightly so this would be like a kind of continuation of it and again i found it a little better than usual because unfortunately i've read a bunch of ones where that were worse than this yeah that i was just like why am i reading this and put it down and for me being such a super fan that general dreck of like why am i reading this and putting it down you can only imagine what that is if i'm looking at this going this is actually interesting for me and i'm gonna keep reading it so what do we think of um peter parker's interior monologue because we see a lot of it yes uh, we see a lot of it but again comparing to actually some good superhero comics we've read previously this i thought was better because it was short there were shorter bursts of it 
and that yeah. felt more realistic as we've had this discussion i don't think we've had it on air but there's like a, a current awakening happening in the world where people are realizing that some people think in interior monologue yeah, yeah and yeah. some people don't absolutely so and we are one of each aren't we yeah. i i think an interior monologue so when i read this i this to me is like this is a day in the life for me like this is how i think <laughs> you're just ambling about with a yeah. little voice in your head narrating what you're up to <laughs> pretty much like i'm to but i'm talking to myself yeah yeah, yeah. Um, whereas my whereas my brain is quiet i don't have an interior monologue but you say you you think the same amount but in not in like specifically language talking back to yourself yeah it's really hard to quantify what my thoughts are like they're just thoughts would say they're more like visual and audio or auditory they're just thoughts how would you describe a thought because to me a thought again is like language like that's i could describe a thought as like a saying something or a me- if i'm recalling a memory it's a visual of that and you know a reliving of a memory yeah. but if i'm thinking something abstract then i'm thinking in language it's again it's really hard to describe because it's just the inner workings of my mind so I was just thinking of the SpongeBob me. It's like the inner machinations of my mind are a mystery. And it's the Patrick with like the hamster wheel or something. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. Like, so it's really hard to describe what happens inside my head because it doesn't happen in language all of the time. I can make myself have an interior monologue if I want one. Mm. Like if I want the little voice to be there, I can do that. And same for me. Like I can force myself to imagine a visual or an or a yeah auditory i'm using the right word aren't auditory I? is visual and auditory yeah yeah aud- auditory is hearing yes so uh, i can imagine a image or a sound or a smell or whatever do you have do you i was about to ask do you have olfactory memories as in smell yeah well um smell can rem- for me smell um can ignite uh visual memories or i like- can picture a smell in my head that's interesting. Like the smell of, there was, you know, the white stuff that they used to paint on school fields in Britain in the 90s to make like the running tracks and stuff. Yeah, I, I'd say I can imagine a smell as well. You know, the bleachy smell that that had. Yeah. Really distinct. Mm. I'm imagining it now. Yeah, I can. And... So I, I, I'd say there's no difference there. I think we can all imagine a smell. I, th- I thought you were going down a route of like, you could visually imagine a smell or something like, you know, a cross. There's yeah. a thing of cross. Um, senses i people don't get have that. i don't have synesthesia that's the one yeah but the the main point we were getting at this just in case people think it was like a huge tangent is that there is like people recently on the internet discovered that the other half exists yeah, yeah, yeah. so but this was one of those like do you piss in the shower or do you stand up or sit down to wipe like yeah, it's yeah. one of those where people went it, i think i saw it on reddit and i think it's happened a few probably other places it's as well. something that happens so privately that no one even thought to question and what's interesting is interior monologues in film, TV, and comic books. I think what's happened there is half of people like myself were seeing that going, yeah, that's how brains work. And the other half, I would assume like yourself. I thought it was a convenient narrative Exactly. Device. Like a, a, just a form of storytelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're, they're, they're narrating their thoughts. That's interesting. That's the thing that happens in TV and movies. That, Wouldn't that be weird? That's how the writers show what they're thinking. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my side was going, yes, that's how we work as humans. Well, because yeah, I mean, you lot just going around fucking jabbering away in your head, weird, man. Yeah, weird. It's it's and weird to us that you don't. (laughs) Because again, because it's now it's weird to me to for me to hear you going. I can't describe a thought. I'm like, 
what do you mean you can't describe like because i can immediately say language like it's just language in my head so the fact that you can't i'm like that's crazy to me so when i'm thinking about something the best way that i can describe it is that if i'm thinking about like trees all of my experience with trees and my understanding of trees all just kind of unfolds out of itself hmm. in my head and so i can think about a tree without needing to verbalize my the things that i understand about a tree see if you ask me about a tree so say you ask me about fucking chestnut tree or something i would internally go chestnut tree hmm and then like what do i know about that like i could i could verbally show you what i'm thinking as i'm thinking it i could think you know the term thinking aloud when someone yeah. says oh we are so like if someone's talking and someone goes what and you're oh i'm just thinking aloud ignore me that's literally the thoughts inside coming outside well exactly the same one of the things that i do a lot is i will talk through my thoughts with people and when I'm, I do some of my best work when I'm taught, when I'm thinking out loud, and it's because it gives language to my thoughts. Like when I'm thinking about something, until I talk about it, there's no English happening. Mm. It's just like I'm just having these abstract thoughts, and I'm just kind of working something out in my head, and then the words fall out. Like I don't, I don't have to think of the words that i'm speaking before i speak them i just have there's a sentiment that i want to get across and then i form sentences whereas you were telling me that you think about your work i mean maybe maybe you just think before you speak more than i do because i'm a bit of a dick i would say so that with that you start getting into like an introvert extroverted discussion but i think regardless of where you are on the scale it only depends on what how many situations you do this in yeah so i think even though I think in language, I can still have a stream of consciousness where it it skips the brain. So literally yeah. not thinking about what you say before you say it. Like we do pretty much on this. Like we haven't got time yeah. to to prepare an hour's worth, hour and a half worth of speaking. Yeah. So there's still a stream of consciousness. Um, but the difference is if I then stop and think of something, the language just changes from outwardly to inwardly. That's Big the difference. Man. So... <laughs> We've gone on a tangent. Yeah. All this to say, we see Peter Parker's interior monologue here. Yeah. I and... found it more realistic speaking as a interior yeah. monologue person. We need names for these types of people. In- yeah. Innies and outies. In- in- <laughs> oh yeah. no, no, because no, that doesn't work. Um, well, like... I'll look it up. I'll do some googling next week. We'll come back with some names. Sure. For... The thing that I find, and I often find this, is that when you show me too much of an action star's inner workings. Kind of makes them feel a bit slow to me. Yeah, I there's definitely a um a definitely huge difference with action with or without yeah. uh, monologue. And to be fair, there's a couple panels where that happens here, but in between thoughts. But I get what you mean. Like my favorite comics undoubtedly are ones where longer action scenes, fight scenes, whatever, don't have any additional dialogue or anything. Yeah, and I get to enjoy the art and the actions as they happen um but this is i think this being you know 20 pages an issue rough give or take and having a limited time it's definitely not my favorite still but i accept and can still enjoy when it's short lines and the reason yeah the reason being is because again like i said that's more realistic to me as someone who thinks like that yeah it's, yeah if you're doing a lot of stuff and you're also trying to think 
like quite intensely about like what you're next gonna do or you know like you're trying to work something out while you're doing stuff it's not like long paragraphs of monologue as we've seen in other comics yeah it's short lines where you're just trying to like each one it's its own individual thoughts and you're just trying to get through them and the human brain they can't be so like vast to just get across I'm in one action glad scene that it's succinct mm. succinct succinct S- succinct yeah i'm glad that it's succinct um i just find that it make yeah it's the same with um uh like bond novels and stuff like that if you see too much of their interior monologue it makes them come off as a bit slow yeah um but it's interesting because it's peppered throughout isn't it it's one of the it's one of the thematic things that they're doing quite a lot here Mm. to convey the story is giving us peter's internal monologue we also have a not very quippy peter parker see i was going to say i think he is a good level of quippy i was gonna yeah, say he's, he's not, not too he's overly not quippy. he's not deadpool quippy mm. but and also i found some of his stuff quite, quite funny like I, I when i say funny i don't mean i was actually laughing at the comic like yeah. i have at genuinely funny comics yeah like there was bits in eight billion genies that i actually like audibly chuckle yeah, yeah, like yeah. slight like, chuckle while i was reading i didn't get quite to that level but it was funny enough that i was like this this is good enough writing that you know it does it didn't come across as corny or overly quippy or cheesy it wasn't quippy for the sake of quippy. there are a couple moments that i found funny mm. ish and, and i know what you mean i didn't chuckle out loud at any of it i did note um, some of the uh ones which on. one was can i offer you some thwip before i leave yeah no that one yeah and then he does it again later in the same yeah. joke which makes it funnier and also thwip is the sound that his web shooters make yes in this comic. and i think that's that's quite like a um a very mild fourth wall break isn't it well as you say that and it's it's a very ingrained thing in marvel for decades so there's certain sound effects that they've just always used that same word for thwip is spider-man's web shooting and the other one is i think it's skit like s-k-i-t or s-k-r-t is that for wolverine's claws exactly yeah. yeah so those are two like institutional like these always are written this sound which i i like that as a little like staple little of nod, the isn't it? staple yeah. of the genre but uh, the other the other line i thought was funny was he's he's kind of very seriously getting dressed and getting out the window to confront tombstone after he's looked after the kids and he just says the last little thought is there's pudding in my mask and that was just yes. like a little like yeah that's that's funny and, and that's just to himself and then one of the bad guys later on turns around to him and goes you smell like pudding yeah and that was that that i found that nod to it more funny than him realizing there was pudding on his mask yeah i also like i appreciate in something like this where one character compared to the rest is especially quippy and that's a character um, trait trait yeah and everyone else is just their varying levels of quippiness yeah we've not got joss whedon the ones nonsense here. no like, exactly not everybody's quippy and that this is a good argument for like why spider-man stands out a bit better and it, a, a character trait for him which there's a specific panel in a one years ago which really put it well which has kind of been recirculated as like a writer's really good explanation of it basically it's peter parker's he started being spider-man when he was 15 and he was scared to death while he was doing it and though his own coping mechanism for intense fear and you know the the tension of humor. saving lives was to just try and make himself laugh and like try and joke around and 
So that being such a character trait with this explained backstory comes across way better than when everyone else is like, every character has to be funny all the time. Um, Everyone's a bit grim in yes. this. They're all a bit serious. So MJ. Mm. We, we don't know why they're not together right now. I don't well, she's think. got kids with another bloke. So is probably why. My thinking initially was, uh, is this like a bit of a red herring where they're not actually her kids? Because yeah. one of the kids is also redhead. Yeah. And but I think that might be a bit of a red herring of like making you think it's their hers. Yeah. When actually it might turn out like that she's their basically their stepmom or something. Yeah. Because she's airing. She. I mean, we know that MJ is airing Peter Parker's calls. Yes. I mean, she basically tells him to stop calling. Uh, point so we know that that's something's the happened. only part of the subplot that really had any traction for me the mo- the most human drama element yeah to the extent that off air i will probably ask you what comes of it in the next nine issues that you've read uh so it wasn't it wasn't good enough that i wanted to read more I can, but it was the thing that intrigued me most is I, that subplot i can tell you that i'm at issue 14 yeah. myself and they've explored the relationship as it currently is more yeah um and there's been development but they still haven't revealed unless i've missed it and i've got unless i've completely blanked it but they still haven't fully revealed what happened previously because i'm more interested in in the actual relationship than itself than the whys and wherefores of how they got there Mm. um but that was the most interesting relationship because it's obviously you know, Peter Parker always has MJ, right? Like yeah. there, where, where there is a where there is a Spidey, there is Spider you know, Peter and MJ. Yeah, yeah. Where there's a Spider Man, there's an MJ. And also, interestingly, they also have the Black Cat, which is also his kind of side chick, for lack of a better yes. term. Yes, but they it's an interesting one, especially with Peter Parker, because normally these superheroes have like one, and he does to an extent, one specific other half, yeah, or you know, a romantic goal, or however you yeah, want to yeah, describe yeah. them. Spider-Man always has always had MJ as the main one, but Black Cat's always been an interesting one because she represents his the Spider-Man side of his life. Yeah. And the fact that he could, if he chose to, have separate romance. Well, back in the day he could have. Now MJ and um, Black Cat know each other. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, they're probably not into that. Well, again, because from my experience of Spider-Man films, sometimes his romantic interest knows he's Spider-Man, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah, normally there's a point where they, they reveal. Out. One of the problems with Marvel and their soft rebooting is they'll keep stuff going, but yeah. they'll, they'll keep rebooting the stories, but they'll keep the narrative going. <laughs> so the problem is, <laughs> technically, Spider-Man and MJ have been married, and then after he revealed his identity to the world in civil war had to make a deal with mephisto to give aunt may one more day the story that was pretty much critically um reviled was one more day right um and he mephisto was like yeah i'll I'll let her live but you guys have to like forget you ever married or something and yeah it was horrible and le garbage yes monsieur was... you ordered the garbage <laughs> and that's where most comic book fans would agree with you actually <laughs> yeah we should we should probably do that one at some point <laughs> oh <laughs> fucking hell the worst of the worst just to see how you get on with that i mean i get less riled about it when you don't disagree with me that it's bad true but at least it's good that we've had i think the discussion is more interesting than if we both went well this is shit anyway like yeah no i think it it is yeah no we got into it we had a we had a chat about it we you know we aired our grievances Mm. and Um, luckily most of the time we do 
better stuff that we just talk about how good it is and to be fair i think i've got one lined up for next week that'll be a better a, a better oh, okay. read i can so. read garbage <laughs> i mean like i said i try and space out the i you space know. out the vegetables so we get a bit of good can, stuff in between i can waste my ever perspiring sentience in life reading garbage that's fine i mean your sentence might be uh aspiring i plan on living forever personally right okay. we're at that age where once we if we make it to like 70 80 they're just gonna plug us into ai yeah like, i don't want that a body in a you know the trays that in the morgue where they put bodies in one of those like futurama ai plug in the brain bang you're in call of duty real life that's my retirement i can't think of anything that sounds worse well, you die. I'll take your place. <laughs> can I have? Can I have his tokens if he's dying? <laughs> can I have his game tokens, please? Yeah. I won't miss him. He's fine. Um, God, well, no. Ima- imagine, because at that point they could beam adverts directly into your fucking consciousness. Yeah, they're gonna do that if you're alive or not. Like, yeah, fucking a. Where, where, where was it? I saw. I saw somebody had an advert on the screen in their car. And I was like, we have fully fucking reached. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so screen in the car, surely not for the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the screen in the middle of the car. That can... But the the driver was still facing the windscreen, right? Like, looking at the road. Well, I imagine they'd gotten their passenger to take a photograph of it. Right. But there was an advert on the sat-nav screen of this car. Right. So just as you need to make your turning, it's like... You can either pay for the premium and not get the ads, or you have to watch this 30-minute advert yeah. before you can get to your destination. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's just inevitable, unfortunately. But back to the comic. <laughs> back, back to something more, um, I don't know, is it more a uh, better thing to talk about? It? No, it's more depressing. Ah, uh, equal. Uh, oh, come on, let's say equal for the depressing <laughs> capitalism, ra- <laughs> rampant capitalism versus like a comic that's so-so, you know? Yeah, well... And I think we're going to have this problem every time that I read something superhero, which is that I'm just going to come out of it and go, bit of shit. Yeah. Having it... said that, though, I really liked Supergirl. Really mm. liked Alan. I quite liked Alan Moore's Superman. And like I said before, that adds more credence to when you give those a, a better rating, essentially. Yeah. Because you've compared it to the, the normal riffraff and you go, yeah, see, that I know compared to it's not. And uh, we know you're not into the genre, but you like good writing regardless of the genre. I like I like a sweet. I, I think I think this is what I'm realizing is that when it comes to superhero comics, I like a sweeping story, mm. and I like a self-contained, well-told story. What I seem to find from a lot of the modern Marvel that Marvel and DC that I've read recently is that it's all a bit ensemble casty, mm. and th- this has the same problem that the Flash had, which is that. They're just throwing characters at me all the time. I'm seeing a new character every couple panels. Mm. And with only 20 pages per issue, if they're introducing three or four characters, each of them are only getting a couple pages worth of FaceTime. And so I'm not seeing any depth. I'm not seeing any of the stuff that really interests me when I'm reading. Whereas when we read the 8 Billion Genies, over that, eight issues we saw the same characters come back and we saw their stories and we saw them over you know eight centuries and so we saw Mm. these great big sweeping stories in the same amount in in almost the same amount of space peter i found out that peter parker is depressed and i've watched him get the shit kicked out of him in an in an underground basement for a bit 
in that same amount of page space, I got the entire story of 8 Million Genies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, just It feels like it's the difference between, like, really great music and pop music. I, I agree with you. Where that. there's more, like, with really great music, there's more music per second than really crappy pop music where you're just hearing four chords on a synth. Or, like, uh... A Transformers film and Parasite, or so, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's it's the difference between. Well, I mean, it's the difference between a fucking Marvel film and a Wes Anderson film, isn't it? Mm, there's just more yeah. film per second. There's more. There, when you get to these graphic novels, um, the indie ones, there just seems to be more content per page. I the only thing, I, and I, I'm not saying this is like this is why i disagree mm. this is uh, what i think could be a reason for it yeah i think they are definitely going for different goals yeah and yeah. it's like a billion genies is like we are telling these people's story in this amazing situation whereas spider-man is like here is the crime and the the uh super villain that he's dealing with this time and how we're making it slightly different from every other time he does um and i think there's definitely a challenge to trying to make them more interesting when you've only got like a five issue arc to deal with yeah um and what you're saying about introducing new characters on the one hand i would say i knew most of the characters beforehand but so i didn't feel like i was being inundated with new characters but on the other hand i agree with you where in the same amount of pages they're still not getting into as much depth, regardless of whether you know them or not. So I feel like, because the, I feel like you could infer who every character is essentially and what their role is in the story. Um, but again, they're not using the pages for the same kind of like depth of a human drama or anything. It's more like setting up like, here's why crimes are happening and here's why yeah. someone has to stop them and everything like that. And I get that, but I think a better one to equate doesn't is- have to be so. So what what you're saying here is that we're not seeing as much depth of character because there's plot and the plot is more important. But plot doesn't have to come at the detriment of seeing something human and actually seeing character development. I think when 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 action is working really really well, we see both. Um which is why something like the Sharp novels are so good. Well, I was about to say, I don't know if this is a good example of what you're saying as well is something like rogue son when we read that that had... yeah there was character development in with the plot wasn't yeah. there and it was pretty good but i think the God, difference... rogue son yeah Do you know what reading reading superhero comics from the big two mm. has made me miss rogue son well you know that rogue son is part of a larger it's yeah. universe so we should we should do something else from that universe. it's called the black massive set super hole they were just they were just try, they were trying to bootstrap their own big superhero universe from it weren't they because it, yeah. was, it was the first one in so the first one was called something else um something like black hole or mm. something like that um i generally can't remember off the top of my head but um basically yes they were trying to make a, an image superhero uh crossover and, I, and I remember at the time i kind of talked about it and i was like Ugh, it's just superhero shenanigans but I've read more superhero shenanigans now, and I look back at it, and I'm like, actually, there was a lot of depth there that mm. I'm not seeing from the big two. And I think, and I think a big part of that is because the big two have these really well worn characters that they're afraid yeah. to do anything interesting with. Yeah, and you've talked about that at length, for sure, often. 
Um, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. No, not at all. No, Do you um, know, I, I get why. I get why it's happening. But I think it's turning this juggernaut, this media juggernaut, into something really stagnant. Content creator, rather than a striving for like the best stories. It's yeah, we need to get another issue out. We need to get another title out. What's interesting, you say, is you said reading more of this kind of stuff makes you more appreciate Rogue Sun. Yeah. I wonder, and we're never going to do this, but if somehow I could put you in some kind of prison cell and force you to read all Marvel and DC, how much before when you you would look back on this one and go, actually, that Spider-Man comic wasn't so bad. Yeah, at how what much point would do I you have need to, to read? To? Yeah, basically, what like how much of what I've read <laughs> got me to the point where I went, you know what, this is actually a bit better. Like, yeah. Uh, it, interesting to think about at the very least. Do you feel like a captive? Is that how you feel with your relationship with Marvel and DC at the moment? Well, I think, and I think you can definitely empathize with this. Everyone has their interests. Everyone has their interests where it's the fact that you're doing something within the interest. So whether it be superheroes or I don't know, like like any kind of particular fiction or guitars or something, whatever, where you realize there's parts of it that aren't the best part that yeah. you would recommend to someone if they weren't into it but because it's just within the genre you still get something from it and ultimately i get it because i buy every pokemon game as soon after release as i can mm. and often they are garbage mm. and that exactly but say scarlet and violet was pretty like almost unplayable yeah and i think the best way to describe it is for you for anyone if you're into something it's better to be doing something within that interest than to not. Yeah, Whereas I agree. for someone else who's not into it, if you're going to do it, you want it to be a good thing, a good version of it. Because if it's not, you just take it or leave it. Whereas you're still going to collect Pokemon cards or play Pokemon games. I'm still going to read superhero comics. Yeah, like absolutely. It's, but, and then when you give it to someone else, you need to give them the best one to enjoy it on its own merits and not because it's of that genre. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like a killing joke. And that, that and that but and that's one of the considered one of the best superhero comics of all time so yeah, it's understandable but i like it yeah like it's good yeah. um it's funny that that's the one that i like <laughs> i mean we've already established alan Moore's the greatest comic book cry of all time yeah, yeah, yeah like um it might not be any a uh, zeb wells who wrote who wrote this comic but he's up there i mean he did he did he did not the, the story was fine it was serviceable yeah i think you're right now that you've pointed out to me that those nuances are there. I'm like, yeah, that is slightly different to the format that we would normally see. Mm. And, but, it, and I saw that because I'm so used to the You're entrenched the in it, one. aren't yeah. you? Yeah. But I don't necessarily... It's, it's, it's tough. It's well, it's, tough. If because... you showed me a Pokemon game that was like shit, and then and I played it and went, oh yeah, this is shit. And you went, yeah, but most of them do this thing, whereas this one actually does it differently. And I went, oh, okay, I, that doesn't make it yeah, better or worse. Yeah, like, absolutely, It's the same yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like if mm. I if I put Scarlet and Violet in front of you, um, and was like, "Tell me why this is a bad game," you'd yeah. be, give me all the reasons it was a bad game, and then I would look to you and say, "This is why it's a bad Pokemon." Game. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, isn't it? And 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 I suppose that's what's happening here. I think I don't know that I'm ever going to reconcile <laughs> my issues with the genre. Well, I think what going forward, if we do this kind of stuff. I like we'll we'll inevitably do like a couple of superhero things every once yeah. in a while, and I think the the best thing that we can do to keep it interesting is uh, from I mean from my side I can go into the nuances all day every day, yeah. but I think for you it's 
the best thing to make it interesting for you is to kind of get into what specifically about it. So for like for this one, it was the art. The Whereas art, in the Flash yeah. one last week, you didn't get into the art as much. It was the writing that was a bigger issue for yeah. you. So getting into the nitty gritty of why it didn't work yeah. is, is dissecting it a bit is kind of the most interesting thing. And for you, as I said, you can like air your grievances in as much strength as you want and if, <laughs> and if i disagree I'll, I'll come back at you and make you defend them and yeah, i think absolutely. but that and that in in itself is the interesting part that we can get into yeah and, and this is the thing i think when i was dissecting this corpse the artwork was so bad it just took me out of the experience in general hmm. and whereas i i was just more focusing on the the writing mm. which and i get like i think me being so into it i'm focusing more on this thing that's a little positive whereas you're focusing on the the more obvious negative yeah whereas that kind of stuff just washes over me at this point i'm like that's ah, fine the uh, thing i will say is that most of the human beings who are speaking sound like plausible humans yeah the writing is the <laughs> do right, you know what i mean like yeah. and that and that and that has been an issue in some of the superhero comics that we've read i mean even the ones like do you know what the writing here kind of reminded me of yeah and i think you'll we'll see if you agree so this reminded me of a previous Spider-Man comic I read, which was um, more recently Spider-Man Life Story. So right. that was an interesting kind of limited series where basically they took the entire common um, history of Spider-Man from the 60s yeah. to the noise yeah. and they made it one continuous story. Yeah. So him being a teenager in the 60s to him being a 50-year-old in the noughties. So it's That's one cool. long continuous. And it was written by Chip Zdarsky. Who oh, is cool! Yeah, not yeah, only yeah. a well-known comic writer, specifically, but we like we liked his um public yeah domain. public domain. Yeah. Did you find the writing? I thought I thought it was a bit public domain style. So yeah. this isn't Zadarsky, but I thought it was that similar kind of vibe. Yeah, no, I agree. I yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. And every, every most people were kind of believable. Mm. Um, I particularly liked Aunt May. Mm. Her, her writing, I I liked a line from hers, which said um. I'll always believe you, yeah. so it hurts to hear you lie. Like, yeah, stuff like that. that was good. Like, yeah, Aunt, uh, yeah, I thought Aunt May was quite well written. Actually, I'll be honest with mm. you. Um, yeah, I like I liked her dialogue. They conveyed kind of the wise older person quite well through her. Mm. Um, I tell you one bit of the art that I did like. Oh no, <laughs> I liked the uh, panels, and uh, not necessarily the panel layout. I think I saw more of the once you pointed out the issues with the layout. I kind of now retroactively agree yeah but the panels on the page where tombstones coming out of the house after the explosion i thought the smoke effect was really good lots tombstone, of lines tombstone looked super inconsistent panel to panel but he yeah. always looked all right didn't he yeah but specifically the smoke effect as yeah. well like it was cool how he kind of came out through the smoke and you knew he was going to because he's like a super villain like yeah. house explosion fucking was this a tuesday like so the one question i have about him <laughs> mm, go ahead big gray man with sharp teeth yes right nobody in his life seems to realize that he is or everyone kind of realizes he's a super villain but yeah. they're all just kind of getting on with it as if, as if he isn't so it's because he's a mob boss more than a super villain so it's more like the godfather where it's so the, the why people... does he look the way he does? So I don't know this specifically. I've I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and I I think I've seen some stuff where he something's happened to him. And mm. I've seen other stuff where he's just born that way. And sometimes in Marvel, Marvin... I was born he... uh, this way, but like this way, baby. <laughs> Although... We were born to run. Is yeah. what I was trying to find. So he's a bit stronger, and he's a bit more resistant. Like his skin is like stronger. But like the recent Spider-Man game was the most recent before this. It 
iteration, iteration of him uh he had like cement strong skin so spider-man couldn't actually do anything about him and he had to like develop a gas to nullify the his the the his skin effects so he could beat him because we see him as a little boy mm. and he's normal very right. blonde i don't think he was normal as a kid i think he was uh, like i don't think he was as whatever he is as well, he is he was now just, i mean again it's he was hard pale to, he was he was yeah but he was a pale little blonde boy mm. not a giant gray man and he sh- so he, he explained the teeth because he sharpened them himself yes he sharpened his gnashes as weapons mm. but yeah i mean again I, I suppose because the character will have appeared many times and comic book nerds are what they are yeah they don't need to give us a backstory for him every time. Um, so I get it. I get why we don't get that. Mm. But also just kind of looking at him, I was like, this might be the point where I stop being able to suspend my disbelief for this. Yeah. Because he's that. not even making an attempt to like hide who and what he is. Mm. And he's got a very normal life. And, you know, he's like... Well, like, like, again, he's he is a, he is a mob boss supervillain. So yeah. the difference is, I the reason I get across that he can still kind of have a relatively normal life like mob bosses do is because like mob bosses they have illegal activity but it's all under yeah wraps and it's you know like what do you do i work in waste management like that kind of bollocks where supervillains are like i'm robbing a bank without a mask on or i've got a mask but um you could tell it's me yeah like he's not quite that level he is like drug smuggling and that kind of and owning territory and yeah protect uh was it protection racket that kind of stuff yeah absolutely so that's why and the fact that he looks different i mean in this world they've had like galactus turn up on their doorstep so some guy who's a bit pale with like sharp teeth is like that's that's nothing that's Um, perfectly normal the x-men the x-men have got their own bloody country like (laughs) that's that's nothing i suppose yeah that what i did like is there was a couple of mentions of the wider marvel universe which again like uh, if you know the references then you do see them one particular one which I particularly enjoyed was the guy, God, what was his name? Digger, Digger the green guy. He mentioned about coming back to life and yeah. that there was a green door. Mm. That So he's gamma radiated. That green door is a specific reference to Al Ewing's The Immortal Hulk, where he right. brought in this concept of yeah, 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 gamma yeah. radiation about yeah, this. being the edge of science and magic. So they literally people can like from the well, afterlife come back through the green door. Digger used they we pronouns. Yeah, he's multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. His pronouns yeah. were we, weren't they? Yeah, he's literally a yeah. He yeah. is he is a we us. Yeah, yeah, though yeah. his pronouns were we us. Like yeah. that's not you're laughing and, at me, but no, that's no, a really that's, free, that's true. <laughs> and Spider Man's respectful of that, I think. Yeah, Spider Man's really respectful of their pronouns. He's like, um, He's like you. They told they told us you killed us last time. It's like no, I, you were chasing me, and then you just got tired and melted. And Digger's like, I don't melt. <laughs> it's like that's like they, they. It's like someone saying I don't snore. It's like you were dead at the time. Like so, did the last time they met? I, I I didn't see that. I just inferred that inferred that from what we read here. Right. Okay. So because I, I I assumed that there'd been another comic where he'd met them. I think he had. I, it's not one I've seen. I assume he had. Yeah um there were a lot of little things and like you mentioned earlier um nuances of like the superhero or specifically the spider-man storytelling yeah um little things i liked were like spider-man's spider sense not going off 
telling him that the henchman is not going to shoot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So little things like that for me are like, oh, you don't see that often. That's interesting. Whereas for you, that might be like a... You, you might just think, oh, that's typical Spider-Man. I clocked it. Mm. I definitely clocked it. It's interesting. I said you don't see it often. Like Spider-Sense being used in the negative. Yeah. In the negative to show like what's, what's not going to happen as opposed to normally what is about to happen. Um, and there's other a lot of smaller things which again i think is if you're a super fan if you're a spider-man fan as a kind of getting close to a final recommendation from my side if you like spider-man this is one of the better spider-man stories if yeah. you're not a spider-man or a superhero fan and, and you're looking for a recommendation i would go by jamie's I uh, would, version of events i would read anything else yeah yeah um don't if you're looking for just a good comic and you're not into superheroes i would not recommend this no 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 it doesn't it doesn't stand up on its own very well but if you're that if you're that person who's got the spider-man poster the spider-man bed sheets spider-man and the underpants and the underpants and you host a superhero podcast or something this is this is a decent read for you yeah i mean you know if you happen to host a comic book podcast you should probably be into superhero comics shouldn't you i mean one of you at least <laughs> it helps like, if I, get, one of you I get that it's a deficiency on my part that no, i'm just but, like i find it abhorrent <laughs> no but the, the, this is what we always say and this, at this point we could even make a bloody tagline at this point i'm the comic you're the literate yeah absolutely whereas you i read comics and you know how to read books <laughs> yeah this we is cover so both true, angles yeah so we're kind of wrapping up a little... It feels like we've got naturally to the end of this. Yeah. We're wrapped up a little earlier than we normally do. Yeah. So do we want to either cut it short or is there anything else you want to... Is there anything like better you want to... Like we used to do the corners, you know, yeah. the book stuff. Is there anything you want to maybe talk about in a positive way to kind of take the edge off? Because, you know, we're towards the end of the night. We record this in the evenings. Is there anything you want to finish the night on on a bit of a more positive note on a bit of a positive note yeah um i mean i'm reading pratchett at the moment which always makes me happy are you rereading or is this like a new pratchett i mean not a new pratchett's dead right yeah yeah. so pratchett it's not a new pratchett dead, but yeah. is it new to you like yeah yeah and no, i'm reading it for the first time it's called truckers it's mm. about gnomes are the gnomes truckers or do the truckers interact with gnomes so these little gnomes have been living in the wild for a long time and time passes much more quickly for them so you know they've they've witnessed a building go up mm. um and they so so the getting was getting the the getting was getting tough for them it was getting really hard for them to hunt and stuff and it was because the humans had recently started building roads around the little chunk of countryside right. they lived in and so the the wildlife they used to hunt was disappearing blah 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 is it um, an allegory for like a fucking a. Like, a like um what do you call aboriginals or native americans like that kind of thing it's 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 one of his children's books so i wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit allegorical but they get on a truck um they manage to get themselves on a truck and they end up in a department store where a bunch of other gnomes have been living for a long time um but one of our gnomes has a cube and they've never worked out what the cube does only that it used to talk to them and they discover that the cube is a a communicator that came with them on the spaceship that the gnome people crash landed on Earth on because they're aliens. And so we discover that the gnomes are aliens and they have to get back to their home planet. And it's very good. Right? It's very good. It's Pratchett. It's Pratchett. So it's so knowing and it's so funny. Well, I'll tell you. And it's 1990s Pratchett as well. So it's before he started to lose his marbles. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Well, that sounds very interesting. Um, I'm, I, if I read books, I would probably start with Pratchett or Stephen King. Those are like the two that I would, I keep hearing are good entry level readers. Stephen things. King's great. Yeah, Stephen King is a great writer, very fast writer. Um, and so his books always have like, his books are quite fast paced because he writes them quite quickly. Mm. Um, the other one that I would recommend is Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide series. They're a great entry point into literature. Well, I, I, like I say, I would start reading those, but I'm at the point now where I just literally don't have time yeah. to pick up anything new to the point where someone, someone who I follow, a creator, was saying that they just got into basketball and they're like yeah. not really a sports person, but they found basketball was like quite a such a higher paced sport yeah. that it's easier to get into because it's so high paced um and energetic and stuff and i literally had a thought of like hmm maybe i should try getting into basketball and then my second thought was you literally don't have time to get anything else new you can't read books yeah you, you can't barely play video games these days because you have to read comics and make videos about them and podcasts about them so so yeah i i i will always say that sounds interesting maybe in the next life i'll be a book reader or absolutely something. So, I'm also just playing a lot of Zelda. Yeah, going well still. So good, Ryan. Nice. So good. I tell you about, it's kind of related back to the point. I there was a recent um, release of Spider-Man Two for PlayStation. That Gameplay. looks really good. Looks amazing. I'm getting a PlayStation Five exclusively for that. Oh, are you getting one? Yeah, hundred percent. We talked about it recently, didn't we? I'm excited for you because have you played on one yet? Not a PlayStation Five. No, Dude. I played on the Xbox Series X, but they are. I think the PS5 is better than the Series X Xbox. It's they they're good for different things. They they're so similar anyway yeah. that it's kind of irrelevant. The but chips they, and the kit in them are quite similar, aren't they? Yes, it's the main difference is for me PlayStation as a as a console, series consoles, they have uh, exclusives, Spider-Man yeah. being one of them, and I'm into too many of the exclusives to ever get an Xbox. Yeah. If it wasn't for the exclusives, I definitely get an Xbox because Cheaper. no, because a Game Pass. So they yeah. have like a Netflix of video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really and Net PlayStation and Sony are trying to make one that catches up. But Xbox have like made the good version. Xbox first. Game Pass is better than whatever the I've I've tried both. I've fiddled with I've fiddled around with both and the Xbox one was much more user friendly mm. and had a better game library and had a lot of backward it had, it had an emulator it's all backward it. compatibility um compatibility uh, sony still haven't done that so i did play some old games on the playstation 5 mm? some ps2 games but it was very obvious that they were being emulated did you have play them from disc or did you download them on the marketplace or do you, they, did you know they, if they, they were they were there they, they were there to stream right so they were you played them through the marketplace then. yeah yeah so yeah they select some that they'll do that for yeah whereas the xbox most a previous xbox library. games you could just put the disc in and play oh and that's, i see yeah. so that's even better backwards compatibility yeah way better than Sony well, or again I, I streams an old ratchet and clank game that i remember being quite good and it just wasn't particularly well emulated Fair. um but again the ps5 i prefer the console Mm. And I prefer the controller in my hands. It's just a nicer package, I think. Nicer package in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. I said it. <laughs> I went there. I'm very excited to play your PS5 with you. Yeah, well, I'm the, very excited for that. The problem is, by the time I get it, I anticipate making finally the comic stand videos. By then, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna have to take a week off when Spider-Man Two comes out, yeah. and be like, sorry, no video this week. To my like, by then, like. 
20 subscribers if i'm lucky like sorry guys like i'll call them all up individually be like hey just so you know there's no video this week yeah be like who is this so be like well comic stan i kind of feel like that with everything in my life at the moment because of zelda because mm. i so i spent four or five hours playing it today right and didn't do any story right fair enough i just hit some shrines that's how or, you know a game is good yeah i hit some shrines did some puzzles fought some bokoblins went out looking for some interesting ingredients to make some food with like i didn't do anything story related and i was on it mm. for like four hours it's a sign of a really good game the one thing it it needs after you've done this is it needs a good balance where you're not overpowered from the from the xp you get from the side stuff yeah so there's some games where it's so fun to play you do all the side missions and then when you go back to the story go oh shit i'm overpowered and then it's just you breeze through the story without much challenge what i've done here so when you do the shrines you get a life orb that either gives you you can either spend to get more of your hearts back or more of your stamina back um i've not spent any of them yet Mm. and so i'm going to do a couple story missions and when the story gets too hard i'll then say right i'll cash in some of my life and some of my stamina and so it gives you the option of just not cashing it in straight mm. away. Well, this harkens back to the um, the eight billion genies conversation about wishes. How yeah. we, we'd both like just hold on and I'll probably never use the wish. Yeah, because always like, what if I need it tomorrow? And yeah. then you just. And Absolutely. I'm the same with items. Like I finished Dark Souls, a bunch of those Dark Souls games with so many. Um, humanities or yeah. like souls or whatever the thing they always change what the item is but they all do the same thing across the games yeah. but you have like a big like boom all your life back but you've only got like limited number of these and they're yeah. rare to find i always finish like 20 of them at the end yeah. of the game it's like you only find 20 in the entire game it's like i didn't use any i was, I was holding on to them i you basically nuzlocked it yeah like purely <laughs> purely out of like i might need this after oh wait that was the final boss battle oh yeah shit. absolutely like, that's that's me entirely so i think Ended on a slight more of a positive. Yeah. You want to take us home? Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to me get angry about Spider-Man today. It was a, definitely an interesting episode compared to our usual. If you would like to tell me how wrong I am, please send an email to comicliterate at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a review, just find wherever the review bit is on whatever your podcast app is. Best ones are Spotify, iTunes, or Amazon, or Google. Yeah. Um, And if you would like to... Uh, go have a look we are currently oh no we're not anymore yeah we? we are oh yeah. not by this time this comes out yeah we were we were retroactively um featured on the geek speak list for pocket casts which yeah. we very much appreciated um and even if we are even though that list is now not up we still appreciate it and we still encourage everyone to go use pocket casts just go have a look at pocket casts just go see it it's literally it's the good. one it's the one i use have you've started using it as well and it's now my favorite podcasting app exactly and we're not Very even good. we're not even being paid by them so you no. can take that as 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. you come to my house right and i'll show you my phone and i'll show you all the podcasts that i'm listening to on the only podcasting app on my phone yeah no i liked it mm. um so thanks very much and good goodbye good night and goodbye